I'm thinking of all of you today. I know the rise in case numbers is causing fear and apprehension. People are frightened. And they're especially worried about their parents, their grandparents, their loved ones who are most at risk. You know, this virus is tough, but we can stop the spread. But it's up to all of us to do it. We have to step up and do both the simple things and the hard things to keep our families and our neighbors safe. Wear a mask, wash your hands, stay home if you can, and socially distance when you go out. I want every single American to know if you're sick, if you're struggling. All right, I get it. Um, is there yeah, a, I tuned out like 20 seconds ago. Is, Sorry. <laughs> is there a living to be made in crafting that kind of music? The swelling, growing, dramatic. And the, the narrator gets louder as it becomes more of, oh, who's with me? Right, yeah. Yeah, I, I suppose so, yeah. It's funny. I was, I do fell ads into, like that do anything for anybody? I fell into one of those uh, home rehab shows on the DIY channel. The other day, people often ask, Joe, you're into real estate porn. Do you watch those shows? I really don't. But I started watching one yesterday. It was amusing. But I noticed that there's lots of music in them. You know, as the couple comes into the crappy old house, there's kind of weird and minor. And then when it's when they slap a little paint, it's and then it gets jazzier. And then they come and see the new house. And yeah, somebody's making a living writing home rehab show background music. The couples on those shows always baffle me. It's like I I teach interpretive dance on the weekends, and my husband is a puppeteer who performs mostly at open mics. Right, and our house budget is three million dollars. <laughs> what? <laughs> or I tell you what. The other thing that strikes me sometimes is, in, in, as a Cal Unicornian, I mean, real estate, real estate prices in California, if you're not familiar with this, are very, very high compared to national averages. And they'll be featuring some couple from Detroit or, you know, I don't know, Eastern Kentucky or something like that. And a nice couple of guys got a nice job. Uh, mom works part time or whatever. They got a couple of youngsters. And they say, yeah, our budget is $175,000. And I'm thinking, what? Well, you can't buy a tough shed for that in Cal Unicornia. These people got a nice suburban house. Makes you wonder. So back to Joe Biden. That was the ad he just uh, released in Texas. I think the tagline is, this virus is tough, but Texans are tougher. And then I heard the version from Florida where he said, this t- virus is tough, but Floridans are tougher, which I thought, yeah, yeah whatever. An adaptable message. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Bingo. I've met a number of Floridians. They did not strike me for their toughness. Um, <laughs> this virus is tough, but you'll chew people's faces off because you're a Florida man. <laughs> you'll set someone on fire or something. You'll, you'll hurl a beaver at your ex-wife because you're Florida. Oh, man, <laughs> uh, and I'm I'm not mocking uh, the effectiveness of Biden's campaign. I if and, I had, and we love Florida and are honored to be on a number of fabulous Florida radio stations. If I had to bet my own money, I would say Biden's going to win. Um, as things stand today, I I don't know that those ads have any effect in the modern world. People still run them and spend money on them. And thank uh, God, like for I said, it, I'm in the business, and I just spaced off. Oh, just, <laughs> is there is there anybody affected by that? Oh, from the any swelling music. These are tough times, but I'm standing with you. I'm, I'm out. Sorry, I'm gone. <laughs> Goodbye. Wake up. Thank you. Thank anyway, you. Um, uh, there's a couple polls out where Biden's up quite a bit, including in uh, various states. And I know some of you are, you don't believe the polls. Remember last time? All right. If I had to bet my own personal money today, I would bet it on Biden. Uh, but we've got plenty of time for things to change a lot. I might bet that he's still breathing on Election Day. 
<laughs> I'm not <laughs> sure I'm willing to bet that he wins. Uh, okay. Um, There's a lot that's going to happen between now and then, and I just don't think well, he's, he's why, fit for the fight. Why, if you have to bet today. If you some had weird to pick compulsory yes, casino. If you had to put your money on one or the other today. Yes. And uh, the results on uh, first uh, Tuesday in November. Yes. Either get to keep your money or lose it. Right. What would you do? Betting That's the scenario. I, I, yeah, a, a secret ballot. <laughs> None of your business. Uh, but Trump, so he shook up his campaign yesterday. He got rid of old uh, Parskel as the campaign manager. I think he demoted him? Yeah, moved him to a different area. Kept him on the team. When I first heard it, I, I, I thought, oh, this is, a, this, is, this is what happens with campaigns that are in complete disarray. Then when I heard he'd just been moved to a different area, I think that makes sense. The guy was the genius of manipulating Facebook and, uh, and all kinds of different data and figuring out targeting ads. It doesn't mean he's good at running a whole campaign. Well, his genius was Facebook came to him and said, hey, we right. have all these tools that we can use. We offered them to Hillary. They said no. Would you like them? And he said yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. And then, and oh, then you well. see it in real life all the time. The the great sales manager is made general manager, and things don't go so well. And often he says, you know, I'd rather be sales manager. And Trump brought in this guy who ran a couple of Chris Christie's campaigns. I'm, I know Trump and Christie talk a lot. I'll mm-hmm. bet Chris Christie said, look, you need a veteran in there. you got to get things in order, blah, blah, blah. Guy so uh, that's was, where they was are now. big in George W.'s campaign, too. So uh, we'll see if this uh, moves the needle or not. I, I, well, I, I tell you what, I heard one perspective. I can't remember who it was. I'd like to give him credit. But they pointed out that, you know, these campaign pros make a marginal difference. In the campaign, sometimes a marginal difference is enough, but he said it's especially true of incumbents. We've had them in our living room for four years, and in the case of Trump, like three times a day in our (laughs) living room for four years. So he's a known quantity. There's not that much you can do. Although, you know, they could certainly uh, launch assaults on Biden that shake people up, I suppose. Well, as I said yesterday, I I can't imagine anything that could happen that would change votes outside of one of them dying. I I just and then maybe I can't imagine like a policy decision, a running mate, a a change. I just can't imagine anything. It's all about turnout. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Motivating people to get out. Jazz it up or or suppress it a little bit. Uh, Speaking to that, uh, Biden's VP choice. Joe likes to talk about veep steaks. I have to I have to hold him back. He wants to do an hour every day on the The veep steaks. Word (laughs) makes my skin crawl. I know. Man, if you're the sort of person that is forced to do this on cable news or or you watch it in your free time, please. Can I buy some of your time? (laughs) Um, uh, But a majority of voters say they don't care. It doesn't make any difference who Biden picks for his VEEP choice. I absolutely believe that. Of course, in a close state, it only need only need like three, four percent to care. But I believe the VEEP could play an outsized role in Biden's administration. If it was ever going to, well, in his administration, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yes. Because he's a doddering old man. Right. But in whether or not you vote for Biden, I don't think it's going to make any difference. Mm. I think you either are okay, either like or are okay with Trump, or you'd vote for anybody but him. What if, and again, it's not about persuading, it's about turnout. What if the Trump campaign made a big deal about, look, Say it's uh, uh, Stacey Abrams or uh, I don't know who's who's that. There's one congresswoman, uh, black gal. Is it Val Deming? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty impressive woman. But if the Trump administration said, look, you got a real I'm sorry, the Trump campaign said, look, you're electing Val Demings as president. We all understand that. Right. Um, Could that bump up or suppress? You know what? No. 
I don't think it would affect turnout that much. So to think of it, I mean, if it was somebody like Kamala Harris, see, uh, but I don't know Val Demings interact. I mean, who knows? She may have said something outrageous or did something, uh, you know, unpardonable in, in the past. I don't know. But like somebody like Kamala Harris, if you really hammered her and her sins and flaws and the rest of it. Yeah, that could that could affect turnout in both directions, I think. Stop the hammering! I'm hammering. I don't know if this is a measure of enthusiasm, but we're a little over 100 days from a presidential election. We live in a blue state. I live in a blue county. I have not seen a single Biden bumper sticker or sign. I think that's just amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody did send us a picture of a Biden sign they saw in Minneapolis. We're on all over the country. <laughs> yeah, understand we're not claiming that there aren't any. Just that there's so few, it's, well, it's like sighting a bald eagle. It's kind of exciting when it happens. <laughs> well, we've been asking for them for weeks, and we've received, like, two in the entire country. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, I had a point. What was my point I was driving? Oh, it'll be interesting to see what happens. So you had a couple in a row presidents, Obama and Trump, that were packing re- arenas full of enthusiastic people and had a base that was, in th- you know, just so invested in them. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to have a guy get elected if Biden wins. People aren't invested. They're not enthusiastic. They're happy Trump didn't win, but they're not enthusiastic about Biden. No. He could leave tomorrow and a different Democrat go in and they'd say, oh, that's interesting. I mean, there'd be no, wouldn't be, oh, my God, Obama's gone. Oh, my God, Trump's gone. Right. Like with with their fans. Right. So I just, I don't know how that will play out. Anyway, that's its own story and we'll see what happens if it happens. We mentioned this about an hour ago. Uh, Somebody, one of our beloved listeners sent us a picture of a car with a big Bernie 2020 sign or a bumper sticker on there and right below it was and it was a third the size a uh, sticker that said settle for Biden. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's I don't know if that was an editorial comment or sincere or what but I think that it does pretty much uh, you know summarize the situation. Coming up uh, 75 years ago at 5:30 a.m. local time the world changed in terms of its ability to uh, for people to kill each other with the first atomic bomb going off and some background on that uh, in just a little bit. Um yesterday I was on the trampoline with the kids. Uh really enjoyed doing that. Boy there, there's hardly anything better exercise than jumping on a trampoline. You do that for 2 minutes you're oh. so dang winded you can hardly move. I tell you what I remember that good times with the youngsters. Um I uh I jumped r- extra high. We play this game where they, they kneel on a boogie board, and then I try to bounce them off of it. Ah, That's a good game. Right excellent there. game. Similar to uh, Crack the Egg. Yeah, I played yeah. something similar. Yeah, yeah. Kind of like Crack the Egg. And I always say the same thing. When I get done, you're going to be crying from your mama. <laughs> wow, that's a little, uh, a little strange. For playing with the children. I don't remember my dad ever saying that. <laughs> and they laugh, and then I try to bounce them off of it. <laughs> anyway, I jump extra high, that's and great. I went through the trampoline. Whoa, oh, I, split, I split the pad. What, what, the 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 actual trampoline surface? Yeah. Great, Scott. That's um. That's uh, maybe time to see a dietitian. Yeah. <laughs> Jumbo. My first thought was donuts. Was oh, my oh, first boy. thought was the donuts. <laughs> I went through the trampoline, and then a buddy of mine told me. He said, "Oh, there's all there's a whole category of YouTube videos of fat guys going through trampolines. <laughs> if you haven't seen it." Its own genre. It's its own genre. It might have its own streaming service soon. <laughs> yeah, I went through $5 the pad dollars the a month. Got to get another one. Oh man, I'm hoping it's just because it was been out in the sun for five yeah. years. Oh, and yeah. I'm sure that's it. Sure, that's it. <laughs> sure, yeah, we'll go with that. It's like when my pants are too tight, the dryer's broken. There's something going on there. I just, somebody snuck in my house and put in smaller clothes. Yeah, that's what's going on. <laughs> right, right. Um, you might uh, want to get that next uh, trampoline surface from NASA, or you know. The U.S. military or something. Let's see if they got something military grade for you. 
One of the most important things in world history happened 75 years ago in Los Alamos, New Mexico, and it hardly gets any attention anymore for weird reasons. That on the way. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. The Nevada desert in America is the scene of the latest atomic test. International observers come by invitation to join scientists, military and civil defense authorities making a study of the test. A whole town of specially chosen types of buildings with dummies inside them has been erected to study survival chances in an atomic explosion. Called Doomtown, the buildings and their contents will test the effect of the bomb at distances ranging from one to two miles. See, uh, calling your town Doomtown is not going to help real estate <laughs> values a bit. That's not the first atomic test. Uh, the first atomic test was in uh, very much in secret near Los Alamos, New Mexico, and it was 75 years ago today. And I've been reading the book Countdown 1945, and I've been listening to a podcast with a former Secretary of Defense who's been in, uh, involved in the nuclear age nearly since the beginning, and I'm really into this right now. Um, for uh, it's it, it, one of the points from um, Secretary Perry. He was the Defense Secretary under Clinton, but he served under seven presidents going back to Kennedy, and he was involved in the Cuban Missile Crisis, and is really into this. And this is what he's dedicated his a, life to. A guy involved in the Cuban Missile Crisis is going to be pretty interested in nuclear weapons. Yeah, he's in his nineties, and his whole thing is um, uh, trying to get him off the the planet and trying to work with other countries to get rid of them. You were saying yesterday you don't think that's possible. It's amazing to me how many people, you know, including Reagan, at least he mouthed the words anyway that he thought it was possible. Um, I don't know, but it would be a good idea. So the point of... Um, I, I certainly think you can constrict the supply. So a, part, a lot of the, the conversation around it currently, and what he's trying to do is he's trying to rally... Scientists and political minds to get interested in this topic again. Because 75 years ago today, we uh, created, made clear that mankind had the capability to destroy itself in, in, in like an afternoon if it mm-hmm. wanted to. Prior to that, it wasn't possible. Right. And now we can. And, 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 and everybody recognized how, uh, how, you know, just awesome that power was at the time. But because, so we, we set off the first bomb 75 years ago today, the anniversary of Hiroshima is in a couple of weeks. So having detonated the very first bomb, a lot of the scientists there thinking this is never going to work. A couple of weeks later, we used it on Japan. In fact, a couple of hours after the blast showing that we had a bomb, another one was set on a ship in San Francisco just a couple hours later. The, the little boy bomb that was sent off to uh, to drop on Japan. That's how quickly we moved on it once we proved we had the bomb. Right. Truman recognized how big a deal it was. He got word that the bomb worked, and he was driving around Berlin at the time because he was, uh, he was meeting with Stalin and Churchill about how to deal with the end of the war. And he was just looking at the rubble there. And he heard that we had an atomic bomb now, and he said, I thought of Carthage, I thought of Jerusalem, I thought of Rome, Atlanta, Peking. I thought of Ramses II and Sherman and Genghis Khan and Alexander the Great and realized what we had now. So the, 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 the full impact of what had changed was, uh, was definitely upon them. The part that struck me is one of the scientists that said, 
as he just watched it. Well, um, Oppenheimer, who's the guy who ran the whole project uh, out of UC Berkeley, he said, oh, my God, it worked. Like, just relief. Because <laughs> he was afraid it wasn't going to work. Mm-hmm. It was the most expensive thing we'd ever built up to that time in the United States. Another one of the scientists said, uh, having just watched the uh, the flash of light and the, the mushroom cloud, first time had everybody, anybody had ever seen one, nobody knew what it would look like. Oh, so that's what it'll look like. Yeah. Um, some people mm. thought it was going to kill everybody in the entire state of New Mexico. Some people didn't think it was going to work. There was a lot of, you know, what's going to happen when we split an atom and do this? But anyway, one of the scientists said, I'm sure that at the end of the world, in the last millisecond of the Earth's existence, the last man will see what we just saw. That's troubling. Uh-oh. Also, the fact that the bomb we dropped on Hiroshima was 15 kilotons. An H-bomb, which is what everybody has now, the first one of those was 10,000 kilotons, and they've grown exponentially since then. Great. The bombs they have now are not even close. The the tactical nukes that they talk about, surgical nukes, are are like what we dropped on Hiroshima. Mm. The big ones are just to wipe out an entire giant city. Everything's gone. Not a blade of grass alive. Wow. That's probably not a great thing for humanity to have. No, I've got, and yet we have. It. I've got more on that and some of the psychology around it, uh, which we'll get to. I hope you can stay tuned. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Honestly, I think Dr. Fauci is conflicted. He used to be quoting data that came from decades of learning and teaching in medical schools. If you mentioned a study from 2015, that was a study that was done when we didn't have scientists and doctors have such an agenda. Right now, we're getting a lot of garbage, and people are absolutely identifying their position before they release the study, before they even do the study. I think Dr. Fauci used to follow the science, and now he's pandering. Is that Scott Atlas there? Dr. Scott Jensen. Scott Jensen. Got to doctors. Got to admit, I haven't been following the Dr. Fauci good guy or bad guy stories that have been uh, prevalent over the last 48 day hours in uh, your cable news and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, the point he makes, the, the, the reason Michael and I thought it was a good idea to play that was the point he makes about agenda-driven science, though, which has become a, a terrible problem. As, you know, science and energy and, and, and medicine have become politicized, you you fund something and you get the result you want. Um, and, and there's a lot of that sort of science. I'm going through some of the email reactions to our discussion of masks, yes or no. And, um, and some of them, uh, people have no capacity for rational thought. And it's a little bit scary, but some of them are quite well-reasoned or... They've uh, looked into it, and they trust one medical authority over another, and the science is uncertain and and, and the rest of it. Fair enough. Um, And we certainly, uh, there's one thing about this show. We don't demand lockstep agreement. In fact, we'd prefer it not. That's what we fight against all the time, like on universities, is everybody has to think the same thing. Uh, Steve wrote us this note. I found this really interesting. He mentions a hospital he went to. A couple dozen people I saw enter virtually all wearing a mask. Every single one of them were issued a new one and required to wear it instead. Uh, I even saw two people go in, receive a new mask, go back out to their car and come back in 30 seconds, only to receive a new one again. The attendant went on break about midway through. I asked him why they required a new mask for everyone. I was told that once a person puts on a mask and breathes through it, uh, especially if there's a cough or sneeze, it is contaminated if they have the vid. 
The mask prevents some, but far from all, of the virus from entering the person wearing it and does not prevent the virus from escaping from the person wearing it. Well, that's probably paraphrasing what they said, because that that no surgeon would ever wear a mask again if that were true. Sure. And it just defies logic. Obviously, you got a cloth over your mouth and nose. That's going to cut way down on the, the amount of droplets that are flying around. On the around. spray of droplets. Oh, let's see. Uh, this I just goes in almost the opposite direction of what everyone in the government and the media says. I just don't see what the what the, the, the downside of wearing a mask is. Well, they say that it well it recirculates it in your system over and over again, which will make you even sicker. Because okay. it's right there by your mouth. Okay, well, if you're convinced that a mask actually <laughs> makes you more likely to get it, I how, can see how you would not wear it. How does it simultaneously not spread it, not stop it from spreading away? But still keeps it in the mask to recirculate in my body. Those two, th- I don't think those two things can no, coincide. No, they're incompatible. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I don't know. I you know I'm not going to engage with all of these emails. It's the same reason I don't get hooked on Twitter. Um, I just well, some of the uh, again, some of the arguments are perfectly cogent and reasonable. You believe right. different people than I do, and that's fine. I'm not trying um, to be snarky, but would they, would you then be at a place where there's nothing you can do? Well, if there's nothing you can do, there's nothing you can do. Um, right. But is that what people believe? There's nothing we can do? We just have to that. wait for it to go away what or about kill everyone? social distancing or? and that sort of thing? I don't uh-huh. know what they think about that. Uh, I wanted to share this with you, though. This is from, uh, can I use the name? We'll call her Anonymous. I'm at my wit's end with society and politics as a whole. Yeah, me too, sister. Uh, as a wife, then she mentions her business, and she's a business owner. I beg of you to address this. Do you think if Trump came out and said we all need to wear masks that most of the Democrats, Biden, non-Trump uh, supporters would stop wearing them? <laughs> Saying Trump isn't my president, he can't tell me what to do. That's a pretty funny uh, idea, I wonder. how. So how real is this pandemic? I live in, she mentions her county, I happen to live there. And no, our numbers are not horrific. My daughter will be a senior this year. Senior year is most likely not normal now. Um, no wonder our kids are depressed. Huh? So why do you advocate for masks? And at the same time, you continually seem against all the numbers for COVID-19, all the school closures, small businesses closing down, social distancing, etc. Um, you seem to be all for no censorship and our rights not being violated. Yet we're being told it's a mandate to wear masks. A mandate is not a law. So why aren't you advocating for us to stand up toward the mandate and exercise our rights and say no? It's very, very simple, Anne. We think there are a lot of numbers uh, being inflated uh, for a variety of reasons, from political to um, to uh, financial. Hospitals get money for dealing with COVID cases. Uh, there are all sorts of... The media is interested in scaring the poop out of you. Number one, because people tune in and click when they're scared. Number two, because they hate Trump. There are all sorts of motivators for exaggerating the numbers. But that doesn't make... The pandemic not real. It's real. A, a person, my daughter, I was just telling Sean the hall, a person, my, my 20-year-old daughter has met with multiple times in the last week, just tested positive for the COVID. So now little D has to call everybody she's around, has been around, including uh, some family members, and she's got to go get tested and all sorts of crap. It's real. The two things are not mutually exclusive. I don't understand how most of those things relate to each other at all. Um, well, right. The, the closing if, down if the business wearing a mask is good and helpful, and some of you dispute that, fair enough. But if it is, then whether the pandemic is, you know, a a DEFCON 2 bad or DEFCON 1 bad is immaterial. 
uh, uh, anonymous. We're disputing whether it's DEFCON 1, 2, or 3, not whether it's real and precautions are sensible. Those are two separate questions. I am amazed, and I still know a number of people in the same situation as me that don't personally know anybody that's got it. You would think five months in, with it being as ravaging as it's supposed to be, and schools can't be open and all this, that I would know 20 people that have had it and a couple that have died. Or but I don't know a three. I don't know a single human being that I personally know that has had COVID. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. It's just I don't know how that is. And I, I, and I run into people regularly say, yeah, I don't either. I have a handful, a small handful. I'm trying to think. Um, I, I'm certain of two. But it's, it's, it's fewer than five. And wouldn't you think there would be more than that? It just seems like it would be. Yeah, uh, it's possible you know five to ten people who had it and had no idea of it. Oh, I absolutely. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely a possibility. Yeah. I don't know what to do with the statistics, and they seem to vary so much state to state, county to county, hospital to hospital, the way they count them. You know, I, I don't know. I really don't know what to think about all oh, this. Oh, man, it's, it's, virtually everything's a question mark. I still like go- I like to say, it's an algebra equation with all variables. I still like the rolling average nationally. It just seems like, you know, it's a big number, and so rolling average is a good way to go about it. Um, and that today is cases are up 44%. Deaths are up 51%, the 14-day rolling average. From 14 days ago. Yeah. Well, yeah. You, okay. yeah. you just keep, keep averaging it in. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I don't know where this is going to end. We're at 963 yesterday, but that's one day. It blips up and down. People dying in America? Yeah. Okay. A number of folks, speaking of emails and reactions and science and the rest of it, a number of folks have sent along analysis, and we've mentioned it on the air a couple of times, of the average number of people who die in America from anything, from the flu, from old age, dementia, heart disease, cancer, the rest of it. And the uh, and the rise is actually quite modest from the COVID thing. Um and that's, you know, another question mark. So how, how, to what extent do we ruin the economy and people's lives to prevent a fairly modest uptick? It's grim, man. It's grim and it's sad and it's, it's terrible. I'm not saying it's not, but you know, as a society, we have two reactions. It's like the old joke about Congress. They do two things, nothing and overreact. Very briefly, I love this note from Pat. Dang it, he says, the left is great at language. Notice how the soaring increases in murders in Democrat-controlled big cities. And you can name-check them if you want, but you're probably familiar with this. It's described as an uptick. Whereas even the most modest increases in COVID-19 cases, hospitalizations, or deaths are described as a spike. Excellent point. And he sends along a variety of headlines. Uh, uptick in violence in Houston, uh, skyrocketing murders in, in Baltimore and a, a dozen other cities. Yeah, 100, 200, 300, 100% from a year ago. I mean, that's right. not an uptick. Right. Uh, I think it's 200% in New York City. I can't remember, but uptick in murders and burglaries, driving crime in NYC. That's the headline. But the slightest rise in COVID is a spike. That's, that's interesting. media bias. Mm-hmm. Well done, Pat. And that could be a medium buy if you you do and you don't even realize you're doing it. Because you have an enthusiasm one direction or the other. Right. Uh, Felony rap for woman in brutal testicle attack. Oof. After after slashing the tires of her boyfriend's car, a Florida woman. Oh, my. Yeah, I'm not going to read the rest of this. 
That's yeah, just a, a, a assault and battery. She pulled them off, though. Pulled them off? Pulled them completely off. Great, Scott. Yeah, that hurt. Yeah, don't do that. Hurt like fire. Yeah. Yeah, you know, if you uh, men are more physically powerful than women, but if you were to reverse the uh, you know the genders and tell that story, it would be utterly horrific, and any effort at humor would be met with oh, probably yeah. losing your job. Oh yeah, and and probably appropriately. Hmm. Oh hey, speaking of the uh, Los Alamos uh, anniversary, it's also the fifty-first anniversary of the launch of Apollo Eleven today. A couple two three days later, they landed on the moon. How about that? Mankind ah. achieving, working together, dreaming of the, the exploration, the stars, good times, while developing technology to destroy the planet. And a year after a gigantic flu epidemic that killed a hundred and some thousand, right? Mm-hmm. But they didn't shut down the Apollo Eleven program. Uh, that's a very good point, right there. It's a decent point. No, that's pretty good. Thank you. Um, I don't know. These are crazy ass nah, times, man. Crazy they, ass. They, they, really, they really are. Oh, man. The what moon, are you going to do? The moon's younger than we thought, speaking of the moon. How do you know what I thought? Um, <laughs> I thought I was 15 years old. Is it younger than that? <laughs> if you want to uh, uh, if you want to show your frustration, there's a way you can scream out over a loudspeaker in Iceland. <laughs> um, okay. And this is actually uh, kind of interesting. Uh, a lot more people having online slash virtual affairs because of the coronavirus lockdown. Oh, that's not good. So, that's uh, not good. Keep hit, it at home, folks. Hit you, well, you are keeping it at home. You're just online. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'll explain that to your, my wife. Your husband's washing the dishes and you're in the bedroom online having an affair or vice versa. Uh, got the stats on that coming up. Scary, scary stuff. Oh, my. Armstrong and Getty. will start requiring masks for shoppers at all of its stores starting next Monday. Yep, Walmart will require customers to wear masks, but they're still pants optional. Hey now, no that's boy. a shot at Walmart. That's what that is. Yeah, well, what was that great video that, that, that little gal singing about the these are the people of Walmart? These are the people of Walmart. It's hilarious. If you have never seen it. Yeah. People of Walmart. And during these troubled times, don't we all need a chuckle at the expense of others? I'm a Walmart (laughs) shopper. I can verify it. A couple of texts. I was running in the park the other day, saw a dude in his late 20s wearing a Biden t-shirt. First one I've seen. Mm. So we're getting a few uh, scattered in here and there. Uh, Biden t-shirts or placards or signs. I still haven't seen a bumper sticker. Um, on the topic of the anniversary of the first atomic bomb being set off and changing man's ability to uh, to, to destroy itself, uh, got this text. Uh, when the bomb went off, it fused the desert sand in New Mexico into green glass called Trinitite. I have a piece of it. It's a cool piece of slightly radioactive history. Wow. That is pretty cool. Yeah. Did, just... it, did it give you any superpowers? Oh, that'd be awesome. Fighting crime and whatnot. Great. Good for um, you. I've got more on that later, but one thing I thought was interesting uh, reading the book about it is, and, and, you know, remember this all the time, uh, the effort the government put into being able to deal with 
the public's reaction after they set the bomb off. They set it up, the bomb off and not in the middle of the desert, but they knew it was going to be a, a huge. I mean, you could hear it from miles and miles away. You could see it from hundreds of miles. I mean, it was. Mm-hmm. And so people were immediately, what the hell was that? What was that sound? Everything like that. And they had people stationed around to immediately get the story out. Yeah, there's an ammunition shed over there at the military base blew up. Ah. I mean, they had the lies ready to go everywhere to cover their tracks. So people say, oh, and then that would be the end of it. Um, but yeah, just remember that. The government, the government thinks about these things. Okay, when they're trying to fool the population on a variety. Well, of listen things. to you. You sound like a conspiracy theorist. That actually happened. What I just described. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you claim. <laughs> <laughs> hey, there's all sorts of uh, economic news coming out. Uh, some of it good, some of it bad. Uh, some of it, uh, you know. Has there ever been a time? Am I wrong on this? Tell me, am I right? Do you hear what I'm saying? The figures from a month or six weeks ago are practically useless. I mean, they're mildly interesting. We bounced back quite smartly in June as an economy in a lot of ways. Added, uh, what was it, seven and a half million jobs or something mm-hmm. like that. And unemployment rate uh, plunged. And, uh, absolutely. Now everything's different again. But having uh, issued that caveat, I will tell you this. Um. It's it's super mixed what's happening economically. Gas usage for cars and trucks is 80% back. So people driving back and forth to work, mostly. So that's 80% back. Again, it's probably going to decline. As various states are, are shutting down, mm. uh, to our minds, uh, to a large extent, unnecessarily. Uh, but that's back. Americans are still barely flying. Um, it's down, uh, what, what is that? Uh, it but appears to be down 75%. But your flight's kind of full because they've cut so many flights. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's see. Yeah. On, uh, yeah, we're down to about 26, 27% of the flying we did in March. 27%. Yeah. Wow. That's and, amazing. And I think, uh, American airlines just announced that they're about to furlough 50,000 people or something like that. Oof. A third of the U.S. jobs lost during the pandemic have returned. A third of them. But I think we're probably going to lose quite a few in the next few weeks. Sure. Service industry, restaurants, bars, etc. Everybody knows what's going on. Uh, People are no longer eating out. Uh, Let's see. They're showing California and Florida uh, on this chart. California is down 75% eating out. Florida, 62%. You got to dine outdoors, I think, is the situation in California right now. No indoor dining. Total vehicle sales in the U.S. remain sluggish, down, it looks to be about uh, 28%. Some quick math in my head. You have a, uh, a real need for a new car or a very uniquely solid position if you're buying a new car right now. And yeah, I know we got lots of people advertising. This is sell new cars on this very radio station you're listening to right now. Mm-hmm. But, uh, and they're fine cars, and you should go buy one. <laughs> but, it, you know. This is total vehicle sales, includes used. But, yeah, the um, good thing about buying cars is uh, that is a pent-up demand thing. I mean, that catches up. Pending home sales have nearly bounced back all the way. The I mean, housing the, market was just, uh, yes the pent the pent up car thing. If you need a car and you decide I'm going to wait until things cool down, you'll still buy the car. You can't eat three times as many meals. Watch to, me to catch the, <laughs> to, to catch the restaurant up right when things go back to normal. That demand is gone. Right, right. 
pending home sales. It was actually at 105.7% of the average in January, the red hot. It's now at 99.6% of average. So it's down 6-7%, but it's, it's bounced back quite smartly. U.S. stocks are uh, have made up most of the pandemic losses. The S&P 500, which is the one to look at, the Dow Industrial Average is a few giant corporations. It's not a great measure of the economy at all. The S&P has recovered about 80% of the drop. Uh, but applications for unemployment are back on the rise. Um, so, you know, just mixed bag. Permanent job losses um, are are surging. Um, we're, we're closing. We're not coming back. So that's not good. And as we've been saying for a long time, any rational, rational any reasonable adult discussion of what policies we should be pursuing during the COVID should have the economy not only at the table, but at the head of the table as we discuss what measures to make. But politicians would have you believe it's all about the vid. It's not all about the vid. It can't be, or we will kill ourselves. We should revisit the big Twitter hack that is both interesting and amusing, and also the fact that people are turning to dating apps to contact ex-lovers during the COVID uh, crisis, apparently. Having online affairs, you... Judgment. Armstrong and Getty.